Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast. Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tepper, the other host of this podcast. And I've got to be honest, there was a recent poll that voted him the number one host of this podcast is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, how many people did that poll get distributed to? Why would you ask those questions? And it was distributed to your wife and your son and your mom and your dad. And everything after that feels like quit asking questions. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, this is the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Coming up here in just a little bit, uh, we're going to hear from our friend Mike Williams, um, who we will talk to about baseball, but also other things connected to Ryla. Uh, and you will hear about him playing for the Savannah Bananas. Mm. That is a real thing that, like, I can promise that because we've yes. already recorded that interview. Um, so, and yeah. you'll find out what he was doing while pl- what he was thinking about while playing for the Savannah Bananas. Stay tuned. How about that? See, why don't you just stick around for that, you ding dongs? I've been calling my my kids ding dongs <laughs> recently because that feels like that feels like. That won't scar my children. Right. If I'm like, oh, my my dad called me a ding dong growing up. There's certainly things. I don't know how. I don't know how worried you are about like scarring your children for life. Your 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 son for life. Every day, pretty yeah, pretty consistently. Like Very everything concerned. I do, I'm just like, is this gonna ruin him? Yeah. Uh, but you know, you don't got to worry about if you call him a ding dong because a ding dong is objectively funny. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so we will start this podcast in earnest by tossing it over to my friend Josie. He's your friend, too, I presume. I don't know. Maybe you've met him. But even if you haven't, he feels like he's everybody's friend. To my friend Josie for today's big segment. Josie? Well, uh, thank you, Greg. Yes. Uh, so today's big segment is going to be a little <laughs> smorgasbord. Oh, um, I love that. If you will. So what I was smorgasbord mean. Oh man, this is uh Okay, here really we go. Smorgasbord. <laughs> I wanna so first, say Okay. I was I was today years old when I learned that it ends with a D. Oh, smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. I feel like I guess I use the word, so I should know what it means, right? Um, so there's two there's two varieties. I think one of the things that you're referring to is a wide range of something, a variety, which mm-hmm. is you know kind of how it's used. But the other definition, a buffet offering a variety of hot and cold meats, salads, hors d'oeuvres, etc. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'm into a smorgasbord. It's a Swedish buffet. Yes, I'm I'm into both definitions of a smorgasbord. Uh, I'm going to uh, focus on the the, the former. Duh. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're going to focus on the D on the end. Eh? On the D. Anyway, yes. Go on with the smorgasbord. <laughs> so I was uh, I was researching topics to discuss, and I'm I'm fascinated, as I'm sure every generation is to some degree, um, fascinated with Gen Z. Oh um, yeah. 
the, the, the youths. The youths. Uh, so I'm looking at a survey of 2,067 U.S. college students and recent graduates. So not a huge sample size if we're just looking at college-age individuals um, across the country. Uh, and they describe or they, they um, ask them what company young people hope to work at. So the big hitter, care to guess? Care to guess the top three? Okay, the top three. So company that Gen Z hopes to work at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in the top three has got to be Google. Ding, ding. Number okay. one. Number one. Great. Top three. Like Instagram, Facebook? Mm, no. Actually, actually, no. Okay, that's fine. All right, can I have one more guess? One more guess. Okay. So Google's one. Microsoft. Ooh, Microsoft is in there. <laughs> um, but Apple is number three. <sighs> Apple. I should have known. I'm literally recording this on an Apple computer. <laughs> um, and I'm recording it on a Microsoft PC. So oh, look at go. that. So then what's number? So one is Google. That, that felt like a layup. Number three is Apple. What's number two? Number two, in true Gen Z fashion of always keeping you guessing, the federal government. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you could have given me 40 guesses and uh, wouldn't have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, so that kind of leads me to my, to my second point in this smorgasbord. Um, of a topic talking about tech, big tech companies. And there's an article in the, uh, the Harvard Business Review. Yeah. With, uh, with GenPact CEO Tiger Tiagarajan. Um, and the, the title is, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, that was a layup. I've never heard of this person in my say. entire life. Um, AI is getting good. Artificial intelligence, not Allen Iverson. Uh, but still can't replace human curiosity, which which I find fascinating. He's CEO. His firm um, advises clients on digital transformation, which if we're following um, a theme for the night, sounds like a fake job, um, mm-hmm. fake career. Yeah, I agreed. And, you know, one thing he, he talks about is how the the world, you know, both digital and and the rest of the world has kind of been flipped upside down, um, you know, with the pandemic and you had to kind of rethink how to do things. Um, and he talks about how that we as businesses are still in this process of learning about hybrid work. We're no longer in the office five days a week. Um, and, and they're in that you don't want to lose that human curiosity. Um, and so I think that's vital to, you know, we you try to teach leadership tools, um, and I think that's that's very important. I'm a big proponent of hybrid work, just because I think that affords us time to spend doing other things as well. And there's some efficiencies there, mm-hmm. uh, but the the human curiosity aspect I find really fascinating because I I'm curious. I like to think I'm curious, and I'm always kind of wondering what what's the deal with all the stuff. Or uh, you know how things work, and and think it's it's pretty fascinating that um, you know no matter 
how you know if you're a, a student at a university or a global CEO of over you know tens of thousands of people that um, you still have to be curious and wonder how how mm. things work and and that's going to drive um, innovation. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I think that curiosity is a woefully underappreciated trait, mm-hmm. like just generally that we don't ask enough questions. I think we've we've found a way to like I don't I don't want to say shame people from asking like make people ashamed of asking questions, but like ignorance or not knowing something or just needing somebody to explain something to you is not weakness, but we've kind of made it that, that way. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that curiosity, just asking questions, um, is, is a great way of going about things. I was listening to a podcast recently from our boy. I would say the official boy of the Ryla cast, Simon Sinek. Okay. Yes. I was listening to his podcast. And he was talking about how he was sitting in like, like somebody asked him, Hey, I want you to come and sit in on this meeting. And he talked about how he said like this meeting was going on and he like, this was just way above his head. He had no idea what was going on, but like everyone else is kind of nodding along and stuff like that. And so kind of got to a stopping point and he kind of raised his hand and he goes, Hey, I, you know, I look, I hate to be a dummy, but could you just kind of explain what you just said? And then like three or four other people in the room who are like C-level people are like, yeah, we don't understand what you said either. (laughs) You know? And that, to me, like there's a power in curiosity. There's a power in being like, explain this to me like I'm five. Like take a step, take a step back and explain to me what's going on here. Because I don't know. I think that there's, there's a value in that of, uh, of understanding that you're not, required to know everything all the time i wouldn't i 100 percent agree and again it kind of goes back into the if you're the smartest person in the room find a bigger room yes you know absolutely 100 percent uh okay thank you josie i appreciate that thanks Greg. and i i presume the listeners do they're gonna they're applauding right now they're they're clapping right now but you can't hear them because this is being recorded uh, yes, I, I can only hope they're applauding. And please comment, rate, and subscribe <laughs> to let us just, know. Just comment with the with the the, the the clapping emoji. We'll know what you meant. Um, a little earlier today, we had a great conversation with our guest, Mike Williams. We talk a little bit about his Rila story, a little bit about baseball, a little bit about everything in between. Here is Mike Williams here on the Rila Cast. Josie. Craig. So we talked about this before we came on the air and you mentioned this in confidence. So I'll just bring it to the air that, that we, that I'm kind of mostly in charge of booking the guests, which always makes me very nervous because I'm always interested in what you think of the guests that I book. And so here with a live reaction of Mike Williams being on this podcast is Josie. We got Mike Williams. Yeah, we do. Wow. Did I you know, do it? it? You you did it. In, in all honesty, I could not be more confident in your ability to pick guests for this <laughs> esteemed podcast. Well, let's not go crazy with esteemed. Hi, Mike. 
What's going on, fellas? With, with I, I, we appreciate your time. Um, we will we'll start this podcast kind of as we we often do mm-hmm. uh, by asking you a little bit about your Ryla story, how you came to be involved uh, with the program as it exists today, and and kind of uh, your journey to this moment. Oh man. Okay. So, like I said, thanks for having me on the podcast. First and foremost. Um, I guess my Ryla story um, starts with like my sister because she went to Ryla before me in 2013. Um, and then, you know, she came back from camp and did the whole, you know, I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened, but I had a lot of fun, you know, met a lot of new people, um, a unique experience the whole nine. So I was like, okay, um, sounds like something I might want to do if I get the opportunity to be able to do it. And, um, you know, two years went by and then I got the same opportunity to go through the interview process for the Preston Center Rotary, um, got selected to attend camp, was excited, kind of went to camp with reservations like a lot of um, a lot of the high school kids do, you know, just not knowing what to expect. Um, the first day was still kind of like what's going on. I don't know a lot of people here. There was a couple of people from my high school, um, including Jessica Mays. Awesome, Jessica Mays. Um, she was at camp the year I was there. So I knew a few people, but it still was just like, this is about my development as a leader. I don't know if I'm bought in yet. And then the second day at camp, I want to say um, Reggie Carney, um, he was the speaker um, during one of the facilitations and he asks for people to come up to the stage and lip sing um, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson um, and just kind of just let loose and just be free. And so I was like, I raised my hand like, oh, I guess I'll do it. Just kind of mess around. Didn't think he would see me. And he selected me to go on stage. And I was like, oh, man. So I'm up there. You know, hundred and <laughs> Let me let me back up here for a moment. Yeah, go ahead. So so your Ryla story has a deep connection to Michael Jackson? A deep connection. Okay. No, go on. I'm very sorry. Deep. Yes. No, no. Very deep. So they start the song and then I just was like, you know, I'm just going to go all out. And I just went all out <laughs> on the stage. And and then like, and every, like, you know, we got like a round of applause, you know, kind of in the Ryla spirit. But um, for myself, it kind of like freed me up to enjoy the rest of the week and to really kind of pay attention and lock in and then, you know, I think the next, maybe later that day or the next day, Reggie Carney might have been Monday. I think Reggie Carney was Monday and then Tuesday we broke the boards at Troy. So we broke the boards and then, you know, just kept moving forward through the week. And then, you know, my cabin group, we got really close, the girls' cabin, the guys' cabin. And then, you know, by the end of the week when we got to the campfire, like, you know, it was like tears. Um one of my buddies who was at camp also from my high school, he was, we grew up together and he was our high school quarterback at Rowlett. And he was like, had his arm around me saying like, nothing's going to be the same, bro. It was like Friday night lights or something. <laughs> like We go back to high school, <laughs> but it was like, it was true. Like, you know, it was like, so it did change, you know, myself and all the people that I knew from camp from, for the better. And we went back to school and then, you know, I found out the opportunity to, um, come back and you'll know, be a part of the advisory. Um, got a chance to be a part of that. And then I remember interviewing to be um, an ACA or AC for camp. I remember Tevin and 
Adam Zapataki. They were the ones that interviewed me. Um, and I got, and I ended up getting selected to be an ACA and then came back to camp that year, um, was on staff. And that was really awesome. Just being able to meet all the people that I kind of looked up to when I was at camp that were on staff that were, um, or counselors too, and kind of seeing the behind the scenes of camp and, um, helping, you know, bring that to life. And then during that week, um, you know, it was just a great week. Um, and really enjoyed my time. It was just kind of really just a workhorse that week. I was just really wanting to serve, be a servant leader. Um, and that was like a lot of fun. And I, I received the Peter um, Tomas um, scholarship um, that, um, that for, for that was available for um, the assistant counselors and um, wasn't even thinking about it when they announced it. I was like, I didn't even know they gave scholarships to ACAs. I was just, you know, having the time of my life being on staff and helping out and everything like that. And, um, and so it was a blessing to, um, you know, kind of when you're, when you're just kind of putting your head down and serving and, you know, there's, I guess, recognition. I wasn't looking for it, but it was, it was cool. I guess maybe some, something of kind of a validation of, you know, just the, the fun that Camp Rila brings, just the natural servant leadership that comes out of you when you're on staff, at least for myself, I think, you all can um, relate to that also. Um, and then, you know, there was kind of a lull because I went to college and I played college baseball. Um, summers are for summer baseball in the season or during the year, you know, you're doing school, you're playing baseball. So I wasn't as involved with Ryla until Rye lead 2021, I want to say. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I was a counselor for Cabin 3. That was kind of me getting my feet feet wet. You know, it wasn't necessarily camp, but it was, you know, you still had some responsibilities to make, try to organize um, a cabin virtually, which is extremely tough as, um, as y'all are aware, you know, so it was, it was a different type of challenge, um, but it was a good introduction kind of back into the world of Ryla and then the camp, the chance to come back to camp um, for this past year of camp um, in 2022. And this like, oh my gosh, being on staff this past year was like just a, the best week, man. Like I had a blast. Um, I think that was, that was when I first met, met you, Greg, I, you know, and, you know, we just had a lot of fun just whenever, whenever we saw each other in between moving around and just staff meetings. And it was just a, a blast being back at the physical campsite, um, facilitating camp for the campers and, reflecting on, you know, just what had been, you know, a tough year for a lot of um, us as Rylarians, especially, you know, some of the older Rylarians with, you know, Scooter passing away. And it was just a lot of uncertainty, but happy uncertainty coming back to camp, you know, and, uh, but it was ended up being a blessing, I think, for, um, for everyone that got a chance to attend um, and be on staff and, you know, kind of like we're getting our feet back under, uh, under us for all of, for everybody. Um, and kind of getting those trend, uh, traditions back going. And like when I left camp, I was like boo-hoo crying. <laughs> like, I got to the gate and uh, I'm pretty, I think Joni was- To Joni be clear, was I'm not like, laughing at you. I'm, this no, is no, a, I know, no, 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 no. We're all laughing together as friends. <laughs> no, I know, no, 100%. When I got to the last gate to leave, I, I'm pretty sure Joni was manning the gate. And I was just crying. Because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a long drive where you don't see anybody to, like when you're leaving until you see the last people 
at that gate. So like when I was started that drive, I was like, man, I can't believe I'm leaving this place. Just how awesome it was. I was just thinking about the week and just started crying. And then just for the next probably 10 minutes, I was just like crying, like, man, I can't wait for next year. And I think the beauty of it too um, is realizing that now that when you're on staff and you're living in the Dallas area, there's more opportunities to engage and see, um, you know, your Ryla family more than maybe when I was in college. I think part of that was me still being in the mindset of, you know, subconsciously, oh, I'm not going to see these people. But like now that we're in the city, you know, we see, see, uh, I see Greg, I see Josie from time to time helping out with the um, Ryla advisory. So it's, so it's like, it's good to know that I can still see what, see everyone and have connections and, you know, hang out and everything like that. So it's a little bit more, um, more intimate, but it still like hit me like a ton of bricks when I left camp, man. Uh, but that's, I tried to give the short as I can. That's the, that's my Ryla story up until this point. Extremely brief. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a great Ryla story. Um, and, and I will say, you know, it, it's really good when we, uh, when we can reconnect with, um, some campers alumni that that haven't been involved in the program and the amount of joy I felt seeing your name in 2021 and 2022, Mike is indescribable. Um, so, uh, I, I'm curious to see, you know, you, you mentioned that you were off, uh, playing baseball, um, from 2017 to 2021. So what kept you, or, or was there anything that kept you kind of engaged from afar with Ryla or what was that trigger to come back um, in 2021? I think I always wanted to come back. I mean, it was always just a matter of obligation with, with the game of playing baseball. Right. So I would get into summer and I was like, man, maybe if, you know, summer ends early enough, if camps, you know, in August or whatever, you know, maybe I could, you know, go to go for a couple of days, but, both of the summers that I played um, cause like the year after my assistant council year, um, you know, I couldn't go back. You got to take your, your gap year. So I couldn't go back to camp and I was actually in Dallas. That so would have, I would have been able to go then, but like I said, with the gap year, I wasn't able to go, but the two summers after that, I was, you know, playing baseball in Victoria, Texas, all the way up until like the school year started. We won a, a Texas, Texas collegiate league championship in that league went to school in Corpus, started my first year there, got done there. Then I went to Savannah and played with the Savannah Bananas. And then even then when I was in Savannah, I was like, oh man, maybe I was still thinking, I still te- kept note of when the right, when Camp Rila was starting. Like, you know, I was on, I was on the, Insta- I followed the Instagram. Um, I think I was still in the alumni um, email list. So I, I still kept track of when camp was and I would just like, you know, keep up with what was going on. But it just like I was like, man, I can't wait to get back. And then the pandemic happened. Right. So the one summer that I might have been able to that I wasn't playing summer ball, you know, camp um, didn't happen. Um, And so kind of along with everyone else, we all kind of experienced that that lull. But I think what kept me always wanted to come back to camp was just servant servant leadership is always was always a, a big part of me being in college as well, um, just being kind of a team captain on a lot of the teams I played on in school ball and in summer ball, um, you know, especially at A&M Corpus Christi, um, you know, being a part of our student student athlete advisory committee executive board, which is like our student athlete um, community leadership 
um, organization. So being on the executive board for a couple of years and kind of, and so always being engaged in leadership and knowing that when I got done with college, I wanted to continue to grow as a leader and help foster the next generation of leaders as well. Um, always kept Rila on my mind. Um, so I would say that was probably, that's probably the reason why I just always still being engaged in leadership, um, even in college, even if it wasn't um, necessarily with Ryla. Uh, I have a, I have a four-year-old and you should know that he is on the bananas in, um, in T-ball. Yes, I've seen, so, I've seen it. I love yes, it. it's, um, <laughs> so I will now only exclusively think of you and I will say, <laughs> Dang it, Hank, why can't you be more like Mike? Um, okay, so um, I'm on your LinkedIn. And uh, here on your LinkedIn, it's it's referring to you as um, Business Systems Analyst 2 at Epsilon. And one, that's a fake job. There's no way that's a real thing. I don't know what that means. And there's no, like, you've made up a job and I'm happy for you because I'm in favor of people getting paid. So I guess one what is business systems analyst two at Epsilon? And two, uh, how would you say that Ryla informs the things that you do as a business business systems analyst two at Epsilon? Awesome. Yeah. So business systems analyst, um, it kind of, like I said, you said it's, you said it's not real because it's funny enough. There's so many different, um, explanations that it you sounds can like exactly like something with someone with a fake job would describe their exactly. job as. <laughs> be honest man i've been watching a lot of fiction that has fake jobs in it so, so when, you I, know. when i tell people they're like oh wow it's like either it's like oh wow like that sounds shady or it's oh wow like that's legit <laughs> it's like i don't know but so a business systems analyst well my my mold of a business systems analyst is I'm an operations business systems analyst and my client team that I work with, it's a team of us. Some are in Texas, some are in Cincinnati, some are in um, India. Um, so we, it's kind of all over. Some are in California, Colorado, but um, we help. Oh, well, the way explain it. So <laughs> Epsilon. can't even do it, Josie. Look, I know. He's, he's, he's looking at a, looking at a map job. in his room. There's so many cities that we have, that we work with people in. He's, he's, so he's, many he's like, oh man, this is a mistake coming on this podcast. <laughs> so like, so we, we text, we help Wells Fargo's loyalty oper- operation. So like, um, if you have a rewards account with Wells Fargo, the Epsilon Wells Fargo team takes care of like auto redemptions, bonuses that come that you get that those customers get with their accounts, basically help organize that data, help design the website. So there's a bunch of different aspects to it. The operations team, we more deal with the financial customer side of it. So if there's an issue with, with um, a customer's bonuses, or like um, their auto redemption, or like the process of customers getting their points back, we're kind of the the bones of that. We're the ones that fix it and can see inside of the body and do do surgery, I guess. Um, and then like our project team, they're kind of like the designers. Like we always, I call like our project team like the fighter pilots, and then we're like the 
the one engineer on the flight deck and sometimes the project team, they just, they're just thinking about their plane. So they'll just come and hit you with, Hey, I need this done, but, but I have like 15 other planes to work on. So it's kind of like the operations team is kind of, it's, it's a lot because we help support our developers, which are like our engineers, our database team, which are kind of like engineers too, but they just deal with data. And then we also help support our project team who um, help design this, the website and, make updates to the websites that um, we support for Wells Fargo. So it's been a busy time lately because Wells Fargo's had a lot of issues. Um, so we feel the collateral, we feel like kind of the rollover from that. So, but it's, it's a, it's a fun job. Like I said, just got promoted to business systems analyst too. So um, that was, that's, that was a blessing. So I've been enjoying it. Okay. I feel like I have um, a vague notion of what there you do go. now, but yes. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to look at that and it's going to be just complete corporate mumbo jumbo to me, but of that's course. okay. It yeah, is. It's fine. <laughs> but congratulations on the promotion. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Uh, well, well, now comes the time in every, every podcast, as I'm sure you know, um, as an avid listener of this esteemed podcast, um, where Stop we Stop give- calling it esteemed. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to call us out on it in the comments. <laughs> we, we, we like to give our guests uh, an opportunity to plug something, um, something you're into, book, movie, social media, uh, Savannah Bananas, um, whatever you're passionate about. So so the floor is yours. I got a, I'll do a few things. 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 So I guess plug my my Instagram if any Rylarians want to keep up with me in the random comments um, or not comments, but posts that I post on Instagram. As Tepper and Joe's, you know, you might not be ready for my Twitter. It's all sports. So you I don't know. so hard. You are, as someone, let me tell you, I work in sports, and even I am like, dang, that's a lot of sports. <laughs> I cover the gambit. I know. So, soccer, uh, basketball, baseball. So I don't think you probably don't want my Twitter. There's nothing yeah, bad don't going you, on there. Don't you have, by the way, don't you have some sort of like front running soccer team? No, I don't. Manchester United, they're doing well. They're just oh, they're coming back. Mm, oh, yeah. Back. Little upstart oh, Manchester yeah. United. Oh, I'm a Manchester United fan. <laughs> Listen, Brother, I, start- I root for Queens Park Rangers. We're trying to get relegated from the championship. I don't want to hear about Manchester United. Go on with, with your plug. UPR back in like 2010 or 2000. Yeah, when they got promoted and it was awesome. And then we don't talk about the last 12 years. I mean, I respect it. I respect it. I have an origin story with Man U back like, you know, 07, 08, 09, you know, watching. They used to have Sky Sports uh, broadcast on Verizon Fios. So that was like the only team they talked about. I started when I started back watching, though, like in in the pandemic, they were struggling. So I'll take last season was a horrible season. So I, I didn't join on the up. But yeah, so the Twitter might not be for everyone, but Instagram, uh, it's Mike underscore three ITS. Mike underscore three. Um, I have a book that I'll plug here. It's a very long book. I haven't finished it myself, but I've been reading it over some time. It's called um, The Body Keeps Score uh, by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, And it's basically the brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma. And it kind of just takes into account how in the human life, a lot of us have different traumas and 
um, whether it's some are more traumatic than others, but those little traumas add up. And like I said, the body keeps score. Um, so kind of how the body, how he's in his studies um, as being a, a doctor over many years, how he's seen that play out in a bunch of different cases. Um, so it's really informative and can help, you know, I guess, free your mind up into how to move forward from those situations, you know, that we all face in life. Life isn't easy. So, yeah, The Body Keeps Score, great book. Um, third thing, I'm trying to think of a – I thought I had a movie. I don't know. If you haven't seen Creed 3, go watch Creed 3. Great movie. Right. Great Creed message. Three. Okay, Creed 3. Um, finally, and and Mike, I don't mean to exclude you, but, um, but Josie, there's been something I've been meaning to talk to you about for a while now. Um, and, and that is, um, I don't know how often, uh, you think about the 2016 major league baseball draft. I think about it a lot. Do you think about it a lot? Josie? Not, uh, just in, in passing really. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Cause I think the 2016 major league baseball draft kind of sucks. Um, so okay. Shane Bieber isn't Cy Young award winner. That's awesome. Right. Seven, you know, he was 122nd overall Cleveland got a little lucky, whatever. But after that. It gets real thin. Like Brian Reynolds, solid player for Pittsburgh. Okay, solid player. Tommy Edmond, he's just like a classic Cardinals player, which means that I kind of hate him. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. But like classic Cardinals player. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, I love him. Like he's on team swing real hard. I'm, I'm always a fan of that. But then it's like Bo Bichette, it's Caven Biggio, both of whom I think have kind of underachieved in a lot of ways. Zach Allen's on that list. Anyway, um, I just don't know how you feel about the 2016 major league baseball draft. Um, and, and I guess I'll just, Mike, you're here. I'll loop you in uh, on what you feel about the 2016 major league baseball draft, how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, how I feel about the 2016 major league. Or yeah, major Cause it league feels draft. like there's a couple people missing. Maybe missing? one in particular. <laughs> on the in, in the draft. Um, what I'm saying is that I've got perfectgame.org pull, pulled up here, and Josie, I'd like to read you something for perfectgame.org. Um, I'm listening. This, let's read the um, let's read the, uh, the the profile of uh, of Mike Williams. Hold it's on. interesting. <laughs> Rowlett High School committed to Sam Houston at that point. Sam Houston State. Mm. <laughs> Mike Williams is a 2016 outfielder with a 6'2", 175-pound frame from Rowlett, Texas, attends Rowlett High School. Tall, athletic build, I'll say. Plenty of room to get stronger. Outstanding runner, 6.5 in the 60. We got to talk about the 60-yard dash. That's, that, is an, that, is, that is not, quite frankly, that is like a, a, it's an unstable amount of distance. 60-yard <laughs> dash, guys? Come on. Anyway. Yeah. Speed impacts all parts of the game. Left-handed hitter, short compact swing, inside swing path, smooth swing and gets the barrel to the ball, fires his hips early and get to the ball out to the gaps, projects well with additional strength, showed very good range in the outfielder, outfield, natural center fielder, easy gliding action, works through the ball, well throwing, uh, can improve arm strength with a longer stride out front. Very nice athlete with a big tool and lots of physical projection. Follow closely. Excellent student. Um, so, so Mike, do you want to talk baseball? Yeah, let's talk some baseball. Why not? Uh, so, so you played, uh, at Sam Houston and then you, uh, transferred to Paris junior college before transferring to, uh, and you were an Islander 
of the A&M Corpus Christi Islander. Shout out. Excellent. An excellent mascot. Um, So let's just bring it all full circle. Um, Baseball and your Ryla experience. I want you to find a way to connect those two so it gives people a reason to listen. Ooh. Baseball and the Ryla experience, man. No pressure. Um, I think baseball and the Ryla experience connected for me in my career is always looking for an opportunity to lead, even if I wasn't the, the, the face of what was going on. So like for that first year when I was at Sam Houston state, really good ball club, that team, they went to a super regional. Um, so really good team. And I was a freshman, you know, I was just trying to learn and catch up. So I was like, how can I, even when I got there, I was like, how can I lead? I mean, I'm fresh off being on staff, you know, just fired up about, about Ryla leadership. And so I became kind of a pseudo freshman leader. So like we had the older guys who were like, you know, the, that had been there that were leading this group that went to a regional the year before trying to make it to a super regional or college world series. They're really motivated about that, but they looked to myself and I was the, I was the hitter. I was kind of like the hitter freshman leader. Then there was a pitcher. His name's Hayden Wesneski. He actually just broke in with the Cubs um, this past season. Um, And they looked to us to kind of lead the freshmen, sophomores, younger guys. Like they would kind of ask for reports from us, like what's going on? Is everything staying in line in the dorms and everything like that? So, um, and that continued when I got to Paris Junior College. I was there for a year and kind of stepped into a leadership role there just with the experience I brought from Division One baseball. And then when I got to A&M Corpus Christi, I kind of had to play the background again, which I had experience in because there were some upperclassmen and it was my first year there. But I still um, was able to lead kind of by example and by just my personality, I guess, just being a, a good teammate and helping trying to change the culture. And then my last couple years at A&M Corpus Christi, um, it was kind of like a, I was more on the, the front side of it, of things where I was one of the better players and the leader for the team. So it was kind of like making decisions, um, you know, keeping everything in order. And we had a, a really good year my last season, I think, because we had about five of us that were kind of naturally inclined to leadership. Um, so we, we, we were able to keep kind of the younger guys a little bit keep them more focused while let, allowing them to be themselves but keeping them focused on the goal and how to be a college baseball player how to be in a program so like i said ryla always impacted everything that i did in college baseball um just holding myself to a standard with teammates and one of the big things with ryla is that i always feel like i gained was awareness you're always aware you're more aware of what other people, culture, genders may be going through or thinking about because camp exposes you to um, the deeper side of a lot of relationships with people that you never met before. So like once you leave camp, even if you're on staff, you, you know, I'm more more aware of like different walks of life. And so when I was, when I took that, I took that to college where I felt I could connect with anybody on any team that I played with. Um, so I feel like I was a good teammate because of that skill that I learned from Ryla, just being introduced to um, and being around different cultures and everything like that, you know, allowed me to be a good teammate. And, you know, 
in my place summer ball in Victoria, Texas, and then in, in Savannah, that was kind of like the fun side of Ryla where you just, it's all about, you know, having fun with the fans and, um, and, you know, putting a good product on the field every day. Cause that's all in those cities. That's kind of all the fans have is just, you know, is baseball. So, um, just that's more of like, it was more like sacrifice, but fun sacrifice in Savannah, especially because, you know, you're, you know, you get 4,000 fans a night, you're having the time of your life, you're doing dances, you're, you know, you have um, the best attraction maybe in college and collegiate summer baseball, probably for sure, especially now. Um, you see how, how it is now with Savannah. Um, and it was similar back then well as well. So just having fun and kind of embracing that fun and goofy side of the Riley experience as well. Um, you know, I, I, Ryla touched every corner of of my college career. So, yeah, that's how I say it would connect. Okay. Good job. Excellent. Very good. Yes. Uh, speaking of Ryla and having fun and collegiate career and um, your your draft profile. So uh-huh. your your 60-yard dash time is in the 9941 percentile again can't stress enough 60 yard dash is not a recognized that's not the, that's not the fastest i ever ran either right oh, okay wait, okay, okay. Was the fastest okay. Ran. <laughs> they got uh i had a pre-draft workout when i was a junior i ran like a six three nine okay 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 <laughs> so that brings me to my next question and this is a safe space feel free to answer totally nobody's honestly. listening to this uh-huh. nobody's listening to this <laughs> do you think you're the fastest person at camp and then oh, broader wow. within Ryla. Oh, wow. <sighs> hmm. Don't be humble. I'm trying to think, of, trying to think about, because there's been some track athletes, but I don't think, I think, I don't think anyone's beating me in a foot race. If okay. I say off the top of my mind. That's a way to figure this out. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I'm trying to think if I'm, if I'm missing over. There might be somebody, um, an ace in the hole that I'm not thinking about. So you've what? always got to watch out for the aces because I know you're a young man, but you're getting older. And I learned that the hard way. You you just you only get older, like from here. Which and AC? So, I don't even think there's an AC that I'm, I've, I've, been, I, I've been at the AC meetings they not saying I've been in the scouting. Who's faster? But I, can, I don't think anybody's touching me. I don't think so. Okay, I'll I'll throw. I will throw one person out there that maybe, and and I'm not I'm not certainly I'm not saying that he's gonna he's gonna beat you. But I'll go ahead and deny and and respectfully decline. Greg, yeah, not Josie. Josie is going to step out of this. He's going to say no. It's not me. There's one name that I have in mind. Okay, and what's I, your name? You said it. You go first. Brett Scroggins. <laughs> no shot. No shot. You don't think no Brett Scroggins shot. can beat you? Man, no. I don't know, man. He's athletic. He's now he is my I roommate love I love at camp, no but shot. I I don't know. He's he's I would, feisty. Give Jay, I would give Jay more of a shot than maybe Brett. Jay Bailey? Long legs, man. You never former know. He's long. Athlete, he's very athlete. lengthy. Former, former athlete former... basketball player getting up and down. Mm, good point. Um yeah. I can see that. Golly. I'm going to throw it uh, someone from the senior tour in. Um, coach Jeff Egger, track coach Ooh. extraordinaire. That, he works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's interesting. I'll tell you, I still, I still back myself. Like I said, when I was in high school, this is the thought process behind recruiting mm-hmm. for me. It was if you run a 6'5", 60, you're going to steal some money. 
because that's because yeah. it's like speed. You know, you're gonna get you can mm-hmm. get a scholarship offer off of that. It's, you know, I was a good yeah, player. That's, that's that's you know, like it's Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton still still cashing checks. You know what I mean? Exactly right. So I became I'm a I'm a technician in running in a straight line. That was like all I trained oh, wow. for was plyometrics. I didn't even do too too many weights. It was plyometrics like. I worked out with uh, with sprinters over at West Mesquite High School. It was like all that I did was mm. learning how to run, turnover, stride, frequency, um, impacting the ground with dorsal flexion. Like I still walk around the house with dorsal flexion. Like that this. is as fake a term as your <laughs> your as your, as your name as your job title, business systems Look analyst. Too. I'm telling you, okay. All I'm saying is I got pedigree. Like it's almost like, yeah, I might I could potentially pull a hamstring, but if I got the yeah. added time to warm up and I got I got one Look, good bullet in me. I I will just also like I do not doubt that you are probably the fastest guy at camp, but I will also say this. Has anyone ever seen Dana run? <laughs> mm, I would put great, Brian Dana against against anything. That's a great Prime, point. Brian Dana. <laughs> Prime, Where's Prime the time Dana, machine? Prime Dana could get it, could get the uh, get at the top speed in a hurry. Dana um, went toe to toe against Larry Bird. That's what I'm saying. Hey, many Indiana. people forget. Many people forget that. Uh, he's Mike Williams. Uh, Mike, we appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, thanks for telling us about uh, your job and baseball and uh, and all that that implies here on the Riley Cast. Hey, this has been a blast. Thanks for having me. Um, I look forward to seeing both of y'all soon in preparation to camp multiple times soon you know, as we start to ramp up and at camp also. So it's going to be a great time. So thank you all for having me. I had a blast. And our thanks once again to Mike Williams joining us here on the Rylacast. Finally, Got to talk a little baseball. I've been trying for 50 episodes to like pivot this to a baseball podcast. We finally did it. Dreams do come true. Dreams really do come true. All right. It's my job to bring us home, Josie. And bring us home. So I want to be clear and honest and forthright and transparent with our audience. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take you through the exact process of me finding what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Mm, okay. So I think people know what I do for a living. And if they don't, because every podcast is somebody's first, hello, welcome. Um, so I cover football for a living. That's what I do. And one of my goals this off season, which is functionally, let's call it January to August, right? One of right. my goals during this offseason is to get a better understanding of the basic schematics, not basic, but the the schematics of football, okay. of why people block the way they do. Specifically, I've been focusing on the defensive side because I think offense is a little un- easier to understand than defense. Defense is a little more nebulous. And so I've been focusing on a lot of the X's and O's, a lot of the schematics around defense. Right. I've been just studying up, watching a lot of film, reading a lot about it, trying to understand um, how all of this works. Right. How defense works, because I know it does. And I know that there's a lot of people who are theoretically my constituents 
right? Like right. coaches and stuff like that who know a ton about football and I want to be able to talk to them without sounding like a real dumb dumb, right? A real okay. ding dong to borrow a <laughs> Ding dong, yes. Right. So one of the things that I did was I subscribed to a Substack. Now, are you familiar with Substack? I'm familiar in that it's a site where it's like a bloggers... paid blog. Okay. Yeah. Like a, it's like a Patreon version of a blog. You know what okay. I mean? It's a paid blog. Um, Substack. And so I subscribed to one. It's called Match Quarters. It's run by a gentleman named Cody Alexander. Cody Alexander is a very smart, understands the game in a very deep way. I've learned a lot about, um, you don't care about this, dear listener, <laughs> but a lot about blitz packages and a lot about like secondary coverages and like uh, how to match up uh, with your uh, with your specific like whenever they put a certain like personnel unit on the field how you match up with that things like that i've learned a lot about him from from match from match quarters by code cody alexander so i'll make sure i plug that but another thing that he does is once a month, and I promise you this is coming back to Ryla. That's how I feel like I say that a lot on this podcast. I promise you this is coming back to Ryla. Another thing that he does is once a month, he posts a reading list. Okay? He posts, here's what you should be reading, and just a bunch of links. And you would think, oh, it's going to be a bunch of links to another nerd blog. Right. It's another another podcast or another blog that's explaining exactly why having two tight ends on the field is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like dumb things like that. No. And in fact, he has a lot of things that I think are pretty relevant to this podcast. And so I want to make sure I credit Cody Alexander of Match Quarters for directing me to this article that I'm reading the difference between open-minded and closed-minded people. You didn't see that swerve coming, did you? No, I did not. No. <laughs> okay. So it was a very, it was a, we took a scenic route to get here, but here we are talking about the difference between open-minded and closed-minded people. And this is an article on fs.blog. I don't know what fs.blog is. Um, Farnham Functional Street. senses. Farnham Street. <laughs> Whatever that is. I don't know. Anyway, I just know I got it through my friend Cody at Match Quarters. And essentially, this is one of those articles where they talk a lot about the differences between two types of people, people who are uh, closed-minded and open-minded. And they run through a lot of different things. Like, for example, um, closed-minded people don't want their ideas challenged while open-minded people are more curious about why there's disagreement, things like that. And so they run through a bunch of things, but there was one that like I was reading this the other day and it caught me in my tracks. Like it stopped me in my tracks because I am 100% guilty of this. 100% guilty of this. And he's he's quoting from a book by a gentleman named uh, Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio, who is a self-made billionaire. He's the founder of the largest hedge fund in the world. Now, the stance of Greg Tepper is that billionaires shouldn't exist, but good for Ray Dalio, right? He wrote a book right. called Principles. And in that, he said something that I think is super like specific and super poignant because I'm very guilty of it. Close-minded people say things like, I could be wrong, but here's my opinion. Open-minded people know when to make statements and when to ask questions. I am so 
guilty personally, me, Greg Tepper, your friend talking to you on this <laughs> podcast. I am so guilty of saying like, oh, I could be wrong, but blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, and he goes on, he says, this is a classic cue I hear all the time. It's a perfunctory gesture that allows people to hold their own opinion while convincing themselves that they're being open-minded. If your statement starts with, I could be wrong, you should fo- probably follow it with a question and not an assertion. Okay. That one hit me square in the jaw <laughs> because I have been so guilty of that and being like, and, and, and now I'm questioning myself of saying, oh, you know, I could be wrong, but blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Am I only saying that to give the like appearance of being open-minded while still being like, no, I want you guys to agree with me, you know? And that type of thing, when I read that, it just, it, 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 it struck me like a thunderbolt, um, there with, with that, like the, I might be wrong, but, uh, if you say that, like, and that's a, that's a great way to put it is that he, he says you're not wrong for saying that, but make sure you follow that up with a question. Be, be say like, I might be wrong, but do you guys think that this thing is the way to go? This way is the way to go, as opposed to saying, I might be wrong, but here's exactly what I think. Because functionally, what you're saying is you're saying, I want you, Josie or whoever's listening, I want you to tell me that I'm wrong so then I can challenge you because nobody's going to do that. Or at least, you know, unless you really feel strongly about it. Uh, That one caught me by by surprise. And so anyway. Let's be thoughtful about the way that let's be thoughtful and intentional about the way that we're talking about things and and be much more open minded than we can than, than perhaps we have been even in ways that we don't realize like this particular way. So I would challenge you for this week to go out there and 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 be intentional about the way that you talk about these types of uh, be the way uh, the way you approach conversations, the way you approach these types of things, because perhaps you're giving off the appearance of closed mindedness. Uh, while deeply you're, you're saying, oh, well, I'm, I'm being open-minded by saying this certain thing. So anyway, by the way, the next one on there is just shut up. <laughs> well, and, and my, my mouth has been open for the last like 45 seconds. Uh-huh. My mind, I, I feel like my reaction in real time while you've been uh-huh. eloquently stating the point is like, huh? Yeah. This, okay. I, uh, it is because it does. It feels like, oh, what if I put this like nice like lotion on this before right. I go and I just like hit you? You know what I mean? It like, feels very disarming. It does. It does. It feels disarming. And you're like, oh, don't worry. Like, I I could be wrong. By all means, tell me if I'm wrong. But here's a thing that I am sure is right. right. You know, like right. that is you're you're you're. I think that that is a, it's super true that that is the type of thing that closed minded people think or say, whereas open minded people, like, like I said, all you have to do is separate statements from questions. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way of doing that exact same thing of saying, I think this, what do you guys think? Right. Just that simple changing of the way that you phrase the exact same conversation is going to allow yourself to be more open to hearing what other people think. And also, I think give others the permission structure to 
say what they think as opposed to saying, oh, I don't want to. I mean, you know, he said I could I could be wrong, but I don't want to call him wrong. That that feels like you're kind of putting on this shield of armor that you don't necessarily need for a situation like this, especially right. if you want to actually hear what your your constituents have to say. Fascinating. So, anyway, there you go. There's something that I read that's a roundabout way of saying subscribe to Match Quarters if you want to learn a lot about the way that Illinois blitzed this past year. Um, that's true. They have a lot of stuff on that. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us here on the RylaCast. We hope that you will uh, rate, subscribe uh, to this podcast, and tell a friend about the RylaCast. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the RylaCast is Josie. Yes, thank you, Greg. And mm-hmm. uh, antiquated way. So I see this that Substack allows for a, a podcast component and that also kind of group a couple different publications in if you go to subscribe. So mm-hmm. it's a bit antiquated, also really updated. Um, make sure you in the blog that you have, you you tie mm-hmm. in a subscription to our free RylaCast with the subscription to your paid Substack, and yes. spread the word that way. Because like, on again, your GeoCities page, G- now you've lost me. Are but, you unfamiliar uh, with GeoCities? I'm unfamiliar with. Is that pre MySpace or post oh my MySpace? God. Oh my God! Zanga pre Zanga. I've never felt older than I do <laughs> right now. Oh, shut up. Was it available on web TV? Oh, God. Time really does wait for no man. It's amazing. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks, Josie, for your courage. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you next time on the Rylocast. Cast.